thanks for downloading this episode from Teachers Talk Radio. You can find the full schedule and listen back to all our shows at ttradio.org. This show is brought to you in partnership with John Cat Educational, leading publishers of books, directories, educational guides and magazines aimed at schools in the UK and beyond. Enjoy the podcast. Good evening and welcome to the Late, Late Tuesday Night Show. I'm Natalie Marr and you can join me for the next hour where I will be discussing tonight's hot topic, the transformative power of the performing arts in young people. Let me introduce myself to those of you new to my show. I'm a drama specialist. I'm the director of drama with over 20 years teaching experience in various secondary school settings in Essex, Hertfordshire and London. So tonight's hot topic for discussion is the transformative power for performing arts in young people seeking transformative experiences over transferable skills. And tonight I'll be joined by Richard Gregg. He's the director of dance, drama and festival at St Dunstan's College. Richard has worked with young people in the performing arts for over 30 years, running a successful young people's theatre company um, and art centre before moving into education. He heads a large scale arts festival and is a passionate believer in the power of arts to change and challenge young people. He's keen to engage with the growth of uh, curriculum alongside expanding co-curricular. So how are you, Rich? Yeah, I'm really good. Uh, manically busy as always, but uh, good to take some time tonight to talk about something that's really important to me. So let's unpack this, the transformative power of the performing arts in young people seeking transformative experiences over transferable skills. So what do we mean about transformative rather than transferable? I think for me, I've spent many years in education, encouraging young people to study drama. And often one of the selling points is that we talk about the transferable skills that young people gain through doing drama. Uh, and it becomes almost like a selling point. But I think I've come to realize over the years, and especially even more so in latter years, that actually what we should be looking for is transformation. Uh, something that is transformative causes a, a change in someone it's uh, something that's hard to measure because we often have little baseline data for someone's character for who they are as a person it's something that's very difficult to define um, but i think it's actually one of the most important things that we do as drama specialists as drama teachers that we offer this opportunity for transformation to actually make a change in a child's life, in a young person's life that will remain with them right through to adulthood. And to be clear, I'm not talking here about our, our stage kids, our theatre kids particularly. Of course, it's really important for them. I'm talking about every child that comes through our classrooms uh, or our workshop spaces or wherever we're engaging with them. It, we are giving them that chance to change something of them that's actually going to bring them benefit uh, later in life. And I, I can think of 
lots of times and I'm sure you can many many children that you've seen over the years who maybe they weren't the star of the show but they had an experience through engagement with the arts that has actually strengthened them as an individual it may have given them courage it may have given them uh, confidence to work with others it may have just changed the way they perceive the world and I think that's the sort of change, the transformative change that I mean when I talk about this, rather than here are the transferable skills, you'll learn to work in a team. Yes, you may gain some creativity, you may gain some confidence, you may be able to speak in public and that'll be really good at an interview or at university. Now, those things are amazing and you know I'm not knocking those, but this inner transformation of a child's character of who they are and how they see the world I think is something that's quite unique to the performing arts absolutely no I absolutely totally agree with you um and sometimes it's it's that kind of inner confidence um that comes from working across different age groups as well because it's often when you're involved in a school show or a big production you know you might be that little impressionable year seven and you get to work with that year 13 or you know that that older kid that you look up to and you think you know I want to be like them you know in three years time I might have that kind of role um yeah I just I just think there's so many benefits yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that whole idea of working across age groups is amazingly important. Uh, over the years, I've done many summer schemes, summer drama school schemes, where I've worked with children across schools, effectively, across the junior and senior schools. So it becomes like a transitional activity. And actually, the output of those experiences for the young people is not necessarily the performance. Yeah, they have a great time, they put on a show, but actually they they gain something by mixing with older children from an environment that they're going to go into that can be seen as quite scary, quite daunting. And some of those barriers are broken down. Mm. Yeah, it's quite interesting. Today uh, was having a talking to someone who's going to come and be a speaker at the festival that I organise in South East London. And uh, he's been a professional actor and now works as a sort of a speech coach and a public speaking coach. And he was just talking, telling me his story about the first time that he got up on stage as a, a little year seven. Uh, and he said he was shy, uh-huh. he was nervous, but that moment that he stood there and he delivered his one line that was the moment that he said mm. he felt like he came home, you know, and what a wonderful oh, way to yeah. describe it. Here's a man, you know, uh, you know, who who's older in life. He, he actually referred to it as year one, not year seven. So that definitely, uh, definitely dates him. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, it was such, <laughs> such a, such a lovely expression. And, you know, I can look back over, you know, I've worked with yeah. young people in the arts for 30 years and I, I can look at some people. I remember quite clearly, I did a production of Sweeney Todd some years ago and I had a boy in the ensemble. He was uh, severely autistic, um, but he was so desperate to be part of the production, to fit in with kids, not to be separated out. And he was the first child that went down through the trap door. I mean, I was absolutely terrified. Um, it was, yeah. I mean, 
these these days I would have had to fill in like a forty page risk assessment for that. But yeah, he was just he was oh just goodness, up there. Yeah. He was on this you know six foot platform launched through our hole, uh, and actually it did something <laughs> for him. You know, it, it he, he's not a star in the West End, but it gave him a confidence to work with other people. It gave him a strength, a, a belief in himself that actually he could he could do this. He could be like everyone else in that situation. He could actually be the leader in that situation and show the way and those 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 experiences are valuable valuable they are almost unquantifiable for young people I think you know sometimes we sort of focus very much on are oh, the end product we've got to get the school show ready um and we we all know mm-hmm. the, we all know the <laughs> pressures of that you know yeah. absolutely yeah, yeah. uh so, you know, and making it perfect, but it's it's it not about that. It is, in this yeah. instance, it is about the taking part, isn't it? It is, it is about um, the taking part. Yes, of it's course. It's about the process. Yeah, of course we want we want a good end product that the students can rightfully be proud of to say, yeah, I made mm. that. I I was part of bringing that to life. But actually being part of that team, being part of that process, I just completed Billy Elliot at school and you know there were members of the ensemble who who were in the ensemble because you know they weren't necessarily you know going to be play a leading role but actually you get emails from parents who recognize the importance the difference it's made to that child who who's just taken that step up in their own self-esteem in their own self-belief and that that's a very powerful thing and say they may not go on to pursue drama but we've given them a very positive marker in their life something that they look back on and you'll know yourself that often when students Mm. later in life look back at school it's those experiences that actually are like flags are like milestones in their life when I did that even if it was an absolutely terrifying experience because let's let's be honest sometimes it can be a terrifying experience uh anything mm. everything goes wrong but you we're actually putting children in a in a safe environment where they can experience challenge they can experience risk they can experience having to think on their feet they can experience you know the idea that you know failure is not fatal you know that that's all mm. really important you know and it's it's a constrained area. The performing arts, it's, you know, it's this sort of almost safe bubble. You know, we can think of it as that they can experiment in that, all sorts of kids. And actually, I think, uh, I don't know how it's been for you uh, uh, at school, but you know, over the last few years, I've seen more and more students especially get involved and be changed by their engagement through technical theatre as well. Lots of yes, students absolutely. Who, who perhaps you know may not be you know they're not going to be the, the the leading lady the leading man they're not going they're not going to do that they they wouldn't want to do that but actually they can be very much part of the production by designing the sound by programming lighting by learning about something that supports others uh, and yeah and they they actually feel a real pride in that yeah I can I can look back I can I can name lots of students yeah they, yeah who have just literally changed they've, they've actually found themselves in that world uh that that technical world which you know we we shouldn't dismiss and it's it's not about having the latest greatest equipment not every school's got that it's about them discovering and feeling that they've they've created something just and been part of, of something absolutely 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 and you know 
we can remember ourselves probably you know I mean I remember myself you know being part of uh, the Dulwich Youth Theatre back in <laughs> back in the day and you know how incorporated all those tech how important um the crew and and the tech kids were because they were the ones that at the end of the day that that lit you and, and made you look great as well <laughs> and they were they were the ones that made you sound good and turned up your mic or turned it down depending on what the song was and <laughs> whether they needed to hear your voice or not absolutely don't annoy the but, sound man you but, know your mic's going um <laughs> you know it was it was it was all part of that collective and I mean, I know you've worked very much on the technical side of things as well and still do. Um, but I remember um, about three schools back uh, when I didn't, when I wasn't fortunate enough to be in, in a large department and, you know, with a technician specifically. And, uh, and we had to sort of buy a technician in for a short period of time to work on particular projects, particularly with the, you know, GCSE tech students. And, uh, and I, I do remember... Um, one boy who crossed over to the tech side partway through his GCSE, primarily actually um, as as a behavioural thing. He just could not hold it together. He was actually quite a good performer, but his process skills were, were not great, great at all, um, which made it very, very difficult for, for his group to A, rehearse, B, stay focused um, and, you know, the panic that he would lose it during the performance. So um, I switched him onto the technical side and I remember um, him just sitting down one to one uh, with this this uh, this technical director who had come in from another school to, to work specifically with him. Um, and he showed him how to rewire plug. <laughs> The boy had never been so switched on in school in all his life and um, so much so that he he became obsessed with uh, lighting and um, and actually left school after his GCSEs, got an apprenticeship um, working as an electrician, then ran his own company and then came and did a bit of wiring on my own house. <laughs> well, there you go. You so, think. you know, it just goes to show, you know, but that's, that's a transferable skill right there, but it was also transformative. Yeah, the transferable skill was how to wire a plug, but the transformation was the confidence it gave him. It was the, the person Huge. it made him, the belief he has in himself. And... Uh, think that you know that is that is massively huge i mean there's there's so many you know stories like that that you know i'm sure we can all relate to and i'm sure a lot of the people listening hours. Can, <laughs> can, yeah can, can relate to i mean think it's just so important to to try and identify some of these things i mean often i think i find some of those changes are identified by parents because you receive emails i can remember a um a summer school program where one of the students I didn't you know she auditioned I gave her a fairly significant role I didn't realize what a big deal that was for her at that time uh, until after the show and the mum was like absolutely gobsmacked that her daughter was on stage singing and <laughs> dancing it was like I, mm. I didn't see didn't see that that was a, a big deal and and I suppose over the years you reflect on those things and you realize that that is the power of what we're doing. I mean, there's so much research out there that that shows what the performing arts does for young people. And I think it's, you know, it, it, we mustn't dismiss that. I mean, the Arts Council Commission stuff, the, the Durham Commission that they put together with Durham University just talks about, you know, the, the power 
that the arts have to transform young people, how how it's so vital to release creativity. Creativity, you know, I think I would argue is not a skill. It's it's an overflow of who we are. It's an overflow of ideas coming out of us. Mm-hmm. And yet we can teach teach skills to access some of that. We can play, you know, games and do exercises in the classroom to release some of that. But but that creativity, that's that's a transformation, making someone creative, giving them the permission to be creative, changes them, giving them the permission to think in a new way, which, you know, is very difficult mm. if you're constrained by a knowledge-based subject, you know, that, that has, you know, the, here is the delineation, mm. whereas you and I work in subjects that, that come from within the students that we're teaching. I mean, we're, I'm quite passionate about the work that I do with my exam classes, that actually the work that they create when they devise actually comes from a place of something that's important to them. That it's not, oh, let's just make up a piece because yeah. it's going to tick boxes. What matters to mm-hmm. us? What What's important to us in the world? What, what annoys us? What hacks us off? They're the things yeah. that, you know, that really stir up strong drama, that stir up, it's a voice, uh, really, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. It is a voice, and it, it's often a voice for those who perhaps wouldn't speak up in any other way. And I think that you know that's again one of the transformative powers of the arts the the actually the ability to have a conjoined voice as well. So often, if you're in a debate in the classroom or you're sort of you know, uh, having a public speak or something, it's a single voice, even if they're representing others. Mm-hmm. Where so much yeah. of what we do in the arts is ensemble based. You know, even if one person has the yeah. lead, they don't exist without the world of the play supported by an ensemble, everyone contributing to that. It becomes this sort of conjoined mm. voice. And especially in devised work, students can can bring out something. They can bring out an issue that is really important to them. They can explore it. They can use things, you know, even like forum theatre mm. to to explore to experiment. It's quite interesting, actually, because um... yeah, and it's it's quite interesting you say that. I uh, last week I went to see. Um, a device piece actually it was at um tara arts in ellsfield right okay and um and it was a it was a young company they were 18 to 25 year olds so it was nice it was that kind of first rung in the profession and an opportunity to perform in a, in a professional space um and the piece that they were devising was actually it was actually called dna um but it wasn't the Dennis Kelly play it was uh, it was their own yeah. and it was uh, do not arrive and it was it was taking from all their cultures and it was um thinking about border control refugees cultural identity um you know what you do once you arrive in England any generations of of, of your family that are living here how you then experience like it was it was it was through their eyes and it was it was what you say it was permission for them to use their voice and talk about what angers them, what annoys them, maybe what their parents have lived through, um, etc. And and it was it was a really powerful piece. It was like fifty five minutes straight through, um, mm. but you could see some of their you could see cultural influences, but you could also see theatrical experiences, movement theatre. 
yeah, it was quite dynamic, really good use of music as well. So you could see where their influences, different practitioners had come from and stuff. But but yeah, it's that that opportunity for for young voices to to come together and work as a collaborative, as an ensemble. Um, yeah. No, I mean that, that is, that's amazing. An amazing experience. Yeah, I mean I we recently had London Bubble Theatre Company come in something very similar there young people's theatre company to perform a play called overload that's devised as a piece of forum theatre a piece of professional forum theatre oh nice there there I had like you know 30 drama students watching this piece and it was it was really interesting again it was exploring issues of mental health family support um, aspirations and so on and then they performed this piece and then when the students were asked okay what changes are you going to make? It was it was quite interesting to see how the students were actually quite reticent, even though they're drama students at first, to join in. Mm. But once once one of them had sort of reached <laughs> that gap and gone in, put on the orange <laughs> yeah. backpack, which was the marker that they were using for this character, right. and they started. I mean, they they actually had an amazing experience. You know, they could they could explore this idea of uh, you know. Uh, how you how you communicate with someone you're in a relationship with and they can do it in this sort of setting where they genuinely don't know what the person the professional actor opposite them is going to come back with because uh, often so often when we're doing that sort of work in class that they're, they're with their friends they're they're supportive they're mm. not actually going to get any real challenge but to see that comfort zone yeah comfort zone see that style of theatre in a setting you know like that working with young people seeing them you know being able to grow in an instant literally over the course of an hour they these these students grew through the ability to actually interact with professional actors and actually try something out and try a, a real life situation that in this sort of the safety of a piece of forum theatre that's you know that's that's transformation that's transformative yeah power and was that in just and was that just about the exploring? They weren't coming up with an end product. Was it what was? No, it was the 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 plays called Overload that the that London Bubble are touring, and uh, it basically explores the life of a young man who has to act as carer for his mother who's going through mental illness. Right. And it's 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 his choices about him wanting to study, wanting to go to university, but actually having to be carer for his mum and his younger brother, giving up some of his ideas and dreams where whether or not he should have got support uh from external agencies so it's real life issues that affect young people um and really the students got the opportunity to go in and make different decisions for him and to see how did that play out how did did that improve his situation or not so they got to try some drama skills but they actually got to nice. play with these real life situations and actually confront some issues that that are challenging and that there are no endpoints to really there there mm -hmm. are no black and white answers and again that's the, that's the joy that's the power of drama of music of the performing arts we're not delineated we're it's not all black and white we have got this scope yeah. to explore and it's that that space that allows growth you know it's a if there's a black line drawn around the space you're working in you can grow as far as the lines but when there's no lines when everything's on the table yeah. when everything's uh, available you know when you can try something and it doesn't matter you can try it once and it doesn't work so what you go you try something different the next time mm. that's 
that's what is so powerful in drama, in music, in, you know, in the performing arts, in dance. Yeah, you know, it's for for young people. You know, we just mustn't underestimate this. Yeah, and I mean, we see this, um, or let's just say we have seen this. Let's say over the last two, three years, um, because of the impact that COVID had on our absolutely. Youngsters. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I, I think actually, COVID has made me reflect more on this idea of transformative power than yeah, you know, it's something that I've always believed in. Um, but I think I, I've seen the real impact of it since COVID. Since all of those students were sort of taken out of the drama studios, out of the workshop spaces, out of off the stages. And and you see the impact that sort of 18 months, two years of having that withdrawn from them, you see the impact that that has on them. I think, yeah, it's it was it's actually more than I expected. I can pinpoint the students now who started drama at my school through through covid and i can see the impact it's had on them and their ability to engage and their ability to explore not every single child but you know a lot of what i would expect yeah. to see in transformation in those kids through drama has been missing that there's there's something missing in that aspect and i think that's that's become very very apparent probably now really as those those students really sort of going going through year nine they're the ones that joined you know during covid when year seven during covid and it, it has it has made a difference you know mm. not being able to meet up we know about all the social impact and the mental health impact but actually i do wonder and i do question whether some of the you know the mental health you know issues that young people face today or are struggling with post covid some of that is because they haven't had those safe spaces to explore ideas just to almost let off emotional and creative steam in spaces and so everything becomes quite overwhelming i think one of the really important things that the performing arts does and I don't know whether you agree is that it can actually normalize anxiety because you are going to feel anxious when you make you do a performance whether that performance is in front of your class in front of your year in front of your school in front of a public audience there's a level of anxiety when you perform and I think so much of what we've experienced over the last few years is that anxiety is a problem and yes of course it is absolutely there are people who suffer with crippling anxiety mm. but we can actually help normalize uh, a feeling of anxiety through performance through just small performances in the classroom you you get that that feeling that oh oh i don't want to perform but you do it and you get positive feedback and actually it says well actually those nerves are a positive thing that that low level anxiety actually can be managed and I think when young people have had that sort of almost training in how to manage anxiety through the performing arts taken away they've got no mechanism then for going hold on this is low level anxiety yeah. it's quite small no you're right and, and it grows into a this is fine it's normal yeah yeah so I think you know that whole idea that's one of the things we lost you know the this idea of normalizing anxiety and also the fact that when you 
are in a production, when you're exploring drama, even in the classroom, you are naturally building empathy for others because you're looking through at the world mm-hmm. through the eyes of another person, you know, be it a fairy tale character Absolutely. or a highly complex, you know, uh, character that's being written. You know, uh, you're looking it through different words, through a different setting, through different lenses. And, and that can't help but build empathy within you for other people. You see the world differently. You might challenge, you know, how you see the world because you've seen it differently through the eyes of someone else. Uh, it's, it's quite apparent when you look at some of the texts that we study for GCSE and we look at some mm. of the issues that they raise that you know, young people are brought into uh, you know, contact with issues that, you know, uh, I don't know what texts that you use. We're currently looking at um, I Love You, Mum, I Promise I Won't Die by Mark Wheeler, which explores this idea of yeah. An, yeah. an ordinary really guy, strong piece. An, an ordinary kid taking an yeah. overdose by accident. And the students reading that have actually really engaged with this idea of seeing things differently, seeing the world differently, seeing the, the topic differently, because they're not seeing a piece of mm. drama that is sort of didactic and sort of, you know, preaching at them. It's not. It's giving them an opportunity to no. explore an idea through the voices of children their own age uh, and multiple voices with multiple viewpoints. So it's made yeah. them think. Or slightly think. older and, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And I think that that really sort of, you know, makes them think uh, about Th- those, the world in a different way. Those voices as well. Yeah. Absolutely. And and those voices as well are verbatim, you know, much of that is taken from the actual words that, that the, the real children in that situation had said in interview. And so it, it makes it all the more real for our yeah. students and, and young people when reading the play to, to really emote and feel and empathise. Um, and, and that's why that is such a, a strong text and it is it is great that the exam board have actually and and that those kind of options are on there now yeah absolutely I think I think it's really important and yeah and not even just obviously as exam boards I think there's an onus on us as drama specialists and teachers to choose texts that do open up the world and open up different viewpoints to our young people who you know to to give them that opportunity to rethink things and to find that empathy and that's that all of that is what was sort of you know lost through covid through the locking up of our young people well all of us as a society now i'm not criticizing that per se but i'm just saying that there's, there's a yeah. piece of work to do now yeah, to yeah. really undo some of that in a couple of year groups of young people who have missed out on this opportunity to normalise anxiety, to build a stronger empathy. Obviously, schools are doing some amazing work to try and combat some of that stuff through other means. But let's not forget that actually drama is one of the most powerful ways to do that. And, and it it comes in a way that isn't preaching to them, saying, oh, you've got a problem, mental health problem, so we're going to have to put you through this program to help with it. We can say, come on, 
come and come and be part of a play come and just be in the ensemble come and do this activity and they're actually yeah. getting that therapy that help just through engagement with our yeah. topics with our with our lessons and i think you know that's that's something that is so valuable but i think the biggest problem we have is that it's hard to quantify isn't it it's, it's hard to actually say oh this is what that's worth this is exactly what it's doing and it oh, will be different absolutely. for every child um that's that's the thing exactly exactly and i mean yeah and it's i mean how many times you know, have have we maybe had a child with a panic attack, you know, just or a, a drama on the day of a performance and, you know, like that loss of, I can't do it, I can't do it, you know, like, and, and it's it's what you said that, that the amount of times you have to say that nerves are good, it's all part of the process, it's that adrenaline rush, it's that butterfly, but you can do it and it's overcoming, it's resilience, isn't it? And, Absolutely. And, and and just being part of something collectively and and coming through it and it's interesting actually tomorrow morning i'm running a session with some incredibly bright um a level and gcse modern foreign languages students um these are the ones who on paper are you know the nines the a stars of this world but when it comes to the the speaking exam they seize up because it it's not necessarily and this isn't all of them this is just a small section that have been identified that they panic they have this anxiety of performance or speaking in front of someone else and generally it is their own teacher on asking the questions and these will be kids that have revised and revised and know it but because of this lack you know this I, I'm not a performer I don't I'm quite a quiet person I'm shy I don't like talking in front of other people this can kind of overwhelm them and, and get in the way so I'm doing some what I feel incredibly basic stuff with them but it seems to be quite effective in helping them you know breathe through their anxiety and nerves in order to speak the words that they could very easily write down yeah, no, absolutely. And I think, yeah, it may seem basic to us, but to them, that's an incredible lesson. It's an incredible, uh, that is a transferable skill that they're learning, but the effect it's going to have, it will transform mm. their performance in the exams. Uh, and, you know, I think that, yeah, that that's, that's vital. I mean, it, it's so important to, you know, to break this idea that I'm a performer or I'm not a performer it's that's that's not particularly helpful in schools it sort of delineates kids and actually you know I I want mm. all children to be engaged for as long as they possibly can with the performing arts and if they don't take it as an exam subject that that doesn't exclude them they don't have to be a performer to continue benefiting no. you know always looking for new ways you know even just taking children to the theater i think is is an amazing oh gosh thing to yeah do. uh you know uh, i know that you know you in the past and you know i do it my school take your know, whole year groups to the theater and you know it's one of those things that is both a blessing and a curse when you're trying to organize 130 you know, kids to, to get into a theater. We've done this together, haven't we? <laughs> we have. Yeah. And um, 
yeah, <laughs> that is, it is a challenge. And, you know, the thing. But what an amazing that, experience that is. Yeah. What an amazing, amazing if experience. That's, if that's their only experience, that they go to the theatre with school, I mean, you know, then it becomes even more, you know, important that, you know, watching, seeing, being in that, that space, you know, seeing others perform, being inspired by maybe the performance maybe the you know the the tech maybe just by the experience of being together yeah absolutely I think you know those sorts of things the social experience particularly for these kids who have had limited experience Uh, absolutely I mean I think it I think it's vital I mean and we see that well okay they're just going to the theatre but it's not is it it's it is something that will transform that will change them that will have an impact on them even if it's well that impact was that was really boring and I never want to do that again it doesn't actually matter because it's starting to make them (laughs) judge and make them question and make them go well why was it like critical yes critical thinking I mean it doesn't it doesn't matter I mean why did she enjoy it why did they enjoy it why did he enjoy it but I didn't yeah Yeah, exactly exactly Exactly. so I think I think that's Um, that's good good right I am going to head I'm going to head over to the news and a message from our sponsor and then when we come back should we talk more about these kind of experiences that we can offer young people that are transformative yep sounds great This show is brought to you in partnership with John Cat Educational, a leading publisher of books, directories, educational guides and magazines specifically aimed at forward-thinking schools in the UK and beyond. Have you checked out their latest releases? Don't miss out. Visit johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today. Happy reading! This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News. A report on the BBC website focuses on Ofsted's response to recent criticisms following the death of Ruth Perry. Ms Perry died while waiting for a report which downgraded her school. Ruth Perry's sister, Professor Julia Waters, wanted a full review to take place, but Ofsted has announced only some changes. Chief Inspector Amanda Spielman said the organisation would continue to listen to try to make improvements. She outlined the changes in a statement and they include looking at how inspectors can return more quickly to schools who have work to do on safeguarding, otherwise performing well, in order to reflect improvements in their judgments making the complaints process more responsive, which would see issues being addressed during inspection rather than afterwards, and holding briefings for head teachers where schools have not been inspected for a long time. In response, Professor Waters said the inspectorate was totally insensitive to the situation and was far from anything like a meaningful response to growing calls for reform. Education Secretary Gillian Keegan said standards on keeping children safe would not be watered down, The TES reports on concerns over school absence rates and the impact it could have on upcoming GCSE exams. Fears have been raised over the exam regulators' plan to return grade standards to pre-pandemic levels for the 2023 summer series, when a TES analysis reveals that absence is still 70% higher than before the COVID lockdowns. 
Year 11 students have missed 10.7% of sessions equivalent of half a day at school during the autumn and spring terms, according to DFE figures and FFT data lab information. The absence rate amongst disadvantaged Year 11 students is more than double that of their non-disadvantaged peers. Former Schools Minister and Chair of the Commons Education Select Committee, Robin Walker, said the findings were of a grave concern. Exam regulator Ofqual has promised some protection against any impact of COVID disruption to learning, but has not shared details. Despite a government drive on attendance, the objective to return attendance to normal pre-pandemic levels has not been met. School leaders and MAT CEOs have expressed concern at the lack of consideration being given to high absence rates. They also acknowledge that many had not anticipated the difficulties currently being faced. The Guardian featured an article on vaping and the concerns many have over the potential future impact on young people. With many schools acknowledging the difficulties they experience in dealing with vaping amongst children and young people, and research suggesting that pupils as young as nine are admitting to vaping at least once, the article focuses on the downsides to what was initially presented as a more healthy alternative to smoking. The rise of the fruity vape flavours with enticing names such as Blueberry Blast have encouraged young people to believe they are harmless. According to some, they reduce your appetite, making them more enticing to some users. What isn't often talked about is the addictive element and the fact that many of the products, although not all, contain nicotine. Some youngsters who have never smoked have found themselves addicted to nicotine anyway. A recent study indicates that up to 15% of all 11 to 15 year olds in the UK are now vaping and the habit is proving just as difficult to kick as all other addictions including smoking. Finally, many head teachers have called on schools minister Nick Gibb to drop what they describe as a misguided policy, which means schools must open for at least 32 and a half hours per week. In a letter to the minister, leaders of the two main head teachers unions warn that since guidance on the proposal has not been provided, many have assumed it is not going ahead. The letter requests a minimum of a delay until September 2024. This has been your Teachers Talk Radio News with Joe Fox. Brilliant. So, um, yeah, so Rich, what what few things already, but in order to, to transform? Absolutely. Well, I think, I think what's important when we think about what we deliver both in the classroom and as co-curricular is that we're not just offering an activity or a task, but we're immersing young people in what we do. So it's not just, here's a checklist. Uh, so even when we're designing work in the classroom, we want, we want them to be engaged. We want them to, to lead. I think that's really important. I think we've talked about trips. We've, we've talked about, uh, you know, having external companies in and, you know, getting engaged that way, but, you know, in the classroom and want us to think about really how we devise our schemes of work so that students are leading, that there's, there's, there's choice, that there is scope for them to express their own ideas and it's not just a, a checklist. I think obviously things uh, like performances, productions, getting students involved backstage with costumes, sound, light, getting them even have to have voice in choosing productions uh, 
to creating productions. I think one of the things that we've seen is being very successful uh, at St Dunstan's where I am is that we've done quite a number of devised school productions. So, yeah, we've worked in perhaps some non-naturalistic abstract styles and students have through workshop, workshopping a production actually created it themselves, worked with musicians to create a live score that goes alongside pieces of movement and text. They might have just taken yeah, a play or a story as a stimulus, but they've created their own work from it. And the students have loved the experience. It's been very hard. They've had to work at a really intense level, but the output has really changed them, changed their view of what is and isn't possible through theatre. I think any time that you can engage with uh, the arts externally, either in a theatre trip or in an activity, taking part in festivals, uh, taking part in external events, I think is really great for transformative experience because students need to hear uh, an impartial voice. Yeah, mum and dad or grand, granddad, whoever, friends, uh, carers who come and watch productions are going to say, you're fab, you're amazing, you should be in the West End. That's that's what they're going to say. doesn't matter if you fell over, sang all the wrong notes, didn't get any of your words right, you're still going to be amazing. And that's good. You know, you want that, that affirmation. But actually, to really transform people, students need to hear that from someone perhaps in the profession or someone independent who can say, actually, I can objectively see what you're doing is really powerful, is is really well put together, is is has been done to a really good standard, or I can see that you've contributed some creativity to that. I think those sorts of things uh, are really important. Um, the Durham Commission I, I referenced earlier, which was uh, you know put together with Durham University and the Arts Council, said we need to provide opportunities to experiment, make mistakes, reflect, and try again. And I think if we if we think of what we do in those terms, then we won't go too far wrong. If if there mm. is this element of experimentation, that you know they can try something, and it doesn't matter that it goes wrong because they can look back on it and go, actually, let me try something different next time, or let me try that same thing again in a different way. Mm. I think that that will bring about transformation, won't it? It's it's gonna. It's going to change the way students Absolutely. engage with uh, the world. I think, yeah, and it's going to it's it's going to change the way that they engage in their own lives as well. I mean, I I think very much when when I was at school, certainly as a as a student, um, I feel like it was very. This is what we're doing. This is how we're doing it. This I'm talking about, you know, directing of a production. Um, it was quite uh, authoritative. It was quite director, you know, very director led. We were very much, you learn your lines and you do what you're told. There wasn't much time for us to give suggestions or be creative. I don't remember being given the freedom to devise within things so much. It was very, very script orientated. Um, and it was very much aiming for the polished, perfect end product that looked nice for the parents when. Yeah. 
I mean, I can, I can definitely uh, re relate to that. You know, that was my school experience, and you know, there is a place for scripted work, provides, making uh, mistakes, and able to fail. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, scripted work is great. Um, you know, that gives that structure, a framework for those who perhaps need that, that devising will open up a whole level of creativity. And um, very excitingly, this year I've got two sit formers who are actually directing a play entirely on their own for our Summer Arts Festival. Uh, and yeah, they're working with a whole range of students from uh, year eight up to year 13. Uh, and they're just they've got total freedom to to work on that and that's that's really exciting for me to to see them empowered but also see them transformed by having to work with other kids and having to direct and realizing that perhaps it's not as easy as they thought <laughs> which was yeah uh which is, is often what they come back they go oh, yeah oh, yeah what? they appreciate <laughs> what what we do <laughs> exactly but but actually it's very it's very exciting yeah. to to have that sort of work go on and i think you know that for me you know is, is part of the transformation it's about just finding that way for them to to create as well as you know as well as be shepherded that through. freedom yeah absolutely mm. and uh, i mean that's it's similar to um on on my my previous show we were talking about um I was talking with uh, Dominic and he's in the States and he's runs, he's director of radio. They've got a whole radio station. It runs 24 hours a day. It's manned by the students. Students have the key. It's the, the, the impetus, the onus is on them, this responsibility and independence. Obviously they have training and guidelines and, and, you know, but, but they're given freedom within that and and I think that that is amazing they're not constricted by a curriculum in any way shape or form um which is amazing they create their own curriculum um and I just think you know for our last sort of seven minutes of discussion I know we could go on for hours and hours but how can we then provide transformation in schools where qualification is kind of king or queen. <laughs> or queen. Is royalty. Um, I think, yeah, I think it's a challenge. I think, I think it, it's always going to be a challenge. I think, you know, we have a battle with a mindset that still exists, I think, that sees drama as a soft option, um, as a subject that perhaps doesn't value it as much as it should be or that it's not seen as academically rigorous. Um, so there's that sort of view that it's for just a subgroup of people who are either very stagey or who they have it as a backup choice. And I think one of the mm. first things that we need to do as teachers um, is never undersell our subject, never accept that it's anyone's backup choice um be you know be very firm about that hold on no this is as academically rigorous as anything else and actually has amazing benefits and it's not just a, at the examination stages even further down this is this is not just a an extended playtime this is actually doing something for these young people and 
you just look back at the what COVID has done to them and taken from them, and you'll begin to see actually how important this sort of work in the performing arts is. I think, you know, it's very difficult when there is not really a lot of qualitative data uh, out there. We don't baseline children's personalities when they mm. enter school. We we baseline their academic achievement and we no. have selective schools that say you're very good, so you're going to be good at you know all the academic subjects, but it, it's it doesn't actually say, well, actually, how much have they grown in confidence? It's all very sort of anecdotal. Um, so I think you know, mm. logging and tracking any yeah. Anything that we do, anything that we receive from parents or from students, I think holding on to that information is really important to show to senior leaders and so on how important the arts are and the difference that it is making, the sort of almost intangible difference. Um, I think one of the things that we can do is that, you know, we should look for ways to reward change. So where we see a, a transformation in a child, find ways to reward it. Uh, and to publicly reward that at time where appropriate, to create cheerleaders in the student body for for drama, for how good it is to be involved, to be engaged in any aspect of the performing arts, and on the parent body as well. I feel that my relationship with parents over the years has actually really helped me, really benefited, because they then believe uh, in what you're doing for their child. And I think that is so important. I mean, I'm incredibly fortunate. I, I work in a school that that values where the head values the arts for themselves, not as a tick box to go in a prospectus, not as, oh, yes, it's great as long as we're getting the results or we've got something uh, flashy to show the world, but actually believes in the power of the arts to transform and and you know and I know lots of schools are not in that position not because heads are anti but they perhaps don't understand this power of transformation within the arts and so you know gathering that information putting it together showing it sharing it and being public about the the praise for students who do transform who do something new who who show a demonstrate a change I think that really helps uh, sell the power of drama and the perform and the performing arts within any school setting but you know I'm not naive it's it is an uphill climb for many many people to you know to have their subject when it's a performing uh, arts subject valued uh, I, I do know that um I'm just you know, I say I'm yeah I'm very fortunate I mean we're lucky yeah. we're lucky absolutely and uh, you know that's that's yeah that's rude. we are that and you know some amazing. some schools they you know they have yeah and you know some some schools it's just one person it's just one person doing all the drama and and they don't have a budget etc etc I've been that person (laughs) years you know 20 years ago and you know where where the arts aren't valued as much and and you feel it you feel it is an uphill struggle and you're you know, in itself, you know, you're trying to raise funds, you're doing bake sales, you're thinking, what am I doing? <laughs> uh, this isn't my part of it, but actually it's for the kids and they're helping you and they want the experience. But yeah, I mean, we we are in a very, very fortunate um, position. Um, and 
And and I do think that actually coming out of COVID, it has much as, you know, numbers may have decreased and then suddenly increased. I don't know. There's There's been sort of, sort of roundabouts there speak um but I think it's it's I you know well you and I never undersell our subject and and I think most directors of drama and heads of drama are incredibly passionate but where that that support isn't there that can be yeah. it can be disheartening because because you want to do everything you can for these students absolutely yeah it's it's yeah it's why we do what we do because we believe you know uh, in what drama can do what the performing arts can do for young people and you know that's that's what i'm passionate about i know that's what you're passionate about you know and uh, i just would encourage everyone you know to who teaches drama in whatever setting you know just to just to hang in when it's difficult and just really believe that actually what you do is making a difference even when you perhaps can't always see it. it it is it is changing kids day by day and it's it's wonderful to speak to you this evening rich we have worked together before and i hope that we'll get the opportunity to work together again um because there's there's it's just been lovely hearing hearing you speak this evening and um and and like you say for all those um arts teachers out there you know there is a network of us um you know share share your ideas and uh you know when we're going through those tough those tough busy weeks it's it's all worth it absolutely no well, thank you so for having thanks me on the show. thanks a lot for speaking to me tonight and uh and it was yeah wonderful conversation take care of you and speak soon thanks very much natalie You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.